Ben, what's hey. up? What's ready? On? You ready for the pod today? Let's go. Welcome to the Fuck the Stigma podcast. Today I have Ken here with us. How are you today, Ken? I'm doing good, you know? Um, I'm feeling good. Couldn't ask for a better feeling, actually. Fuck yeah. Okay, so I brought you on here because I know that you've experienced stigma in your life. Correct. Like, I, I'm, I believe you actively still do, right? I do, of course. So what does fuck the stigma mean to you? Honestly, um, I feel like how everything... Like, like, almost like correlates with one another is the belief behind something, right? Definitely. Right. And, you know, you can even go further and make a religion say faith behind something, right? For sure. Um, or something that's practiced or conditioned. It's almost like being a product of your environment, right? And in this case, the environment being stigma, which is like internationally spread worldwide, right? Um, it's just... I feel like literally since I was in ninth grade, I've always wanted to be the guy to beat stereotypes. You've been the guy to be stereotyped? I've been the guy to beat stereotypes. In what way? In almost every way. Like even down to like who I date. I've dated this girl named Priscilla who told me like, you know, oh, I don't usually date black guys. And all of a sudden we dated for four years. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, and it's, I'm always hearing, especially like in the industry, I hear like, um, you're not that like type of black guy. Like you're a oh. different black guy. I hear that all the time. And what it's like, industry? Ugh, the entertainment industry. Entertainment, of course. What kind of? So like, how have you personally in the entertainment industry mm-hmm. specifically? Like, how does how does that play out, and how has it like affected you on a day to day? Well, so I got in the entertainment industry via like connections, right? And um, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I'm a dancer by like nature so that was my you're a dancer yeah of course um i've done a lot or whatever but i've gotten i gotten uh i've gotten a taste of that through dance right like for instance um my first time actually feeling the stigma in the industry was when i auditioned for so you think you could dance okay (laughs) season eight i believe did you make it uh so this is (laughs) so hear me out right no so i went in um, I auditioned. Prior to my audition, uh, the main guy who would tell you, like, hey, they ask you a question, actually, they say, uh, so what is your dance style? And I was always known for, like, being a freestyle choreographer. So unlike most choreographers, when I get to my dance studio, I don't have a pre-made set of choreography. So you I, just free I flow I off the vibe, exactly. Okay. Um, that's what I was known for and that's what I was comfortable with but when I went into the audition the guy looked at me and said okay so what is your dance style and he was very blunt very strict very straight up like that and then I looked at him kind of like nervous like um like like to me I was like what do you mean and he looked me up and down and the first thing he said was hip-hop hip-hop yep hip-hop of course what the and tell fuck? me that is not stereotyping yeah like that was like off the back he looked at me looked me up and down and said mm, hip-hop and I wasn't offended, but I did feel a sense of like, um, of responsibility. Now I can't like flex what I'm used to, which I did hip hop, jazz, and contemporary mixed. You know what I mean? And that was my dance style. That's why my dance style was so different. And um, so when he said like hip hop, I'm like, okay, cool. 
it's nine people. Boom, bam, I'm the third to go. So I did a little hip hop. And of course, to me, especially when I dance, because that's my creativity, that's my time to be in my mind. I kind of blocked out what he said about hip hop and I went in and I freestyled and I kind of mixed contemporary with hip hop, right? So afterwards, it's time to pick. He goes down the line, he tells about five people, no, 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 no. He looked at me and he goes, I want to see your contemporary. <laughs> and I was like, thank God. Like now, thank you for seeing that I'm not just hip hop. Yeah. Because of the color of my skin or perhaps because of the way I was dressing. Yeah, Whatever it's just those it automatic judgments of like. It was automatic, like boom, hip hop. Mm-hmm. Right? Imagine if I like walked up to you and I'm just like, hmm, millennial. But you're this guy with this, <laughs> you know what I mean? You're this person with this like old soul. And then like you have like a different vision, you know? That's me almost like limiting you, actually. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. How did you kind of like start getting into that industry? Like, was it a little easier for you? Like being a native of LA? Yes. Okay. Like, I feel like there's a weird thing of like, it's harder for people that come from like a different state. Like I'm from North Carolina coming to to California. Like it's a little harder for me to get into the entertainment industry. Right. Like, what, what do you have to say? Um, to well, there's stigma behind that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, me being an LA native, um, I almost like to say to people, uh, to other natives, like, dude, if by 18, right, you're not somewhere in this entertainment industry because that's the biggest field out here. You know what I mean? People come from small towns trying to be what they see on TV. Yeah. We, being from here, we don't want to be what we see on TV. You either have a talent or you don't. And if you don't, you can always go to school for it or you can work towards it, right? Um, I was, I had this natural talent of dance. Um, that was the first thing I, like, became really hip to um just growing up in a big family you know it's eight of us i'm the middle child so it's four boys four girls evenly yeah yeah so it was either like baseball or dance you know? <laughs> that was it you know especially when it came to talents yeah. right um never thought about taking it any further than me just being happy you know in ninth grade i ended up like auditioning for the dance team and they stopped me in the middle of my auditions and said hey would you mind being a choreographer and I was like, oh. The, the uh, dance team the at school? The dance team at school, yes. The Sick. choreographer asked me if I wanted to be a choreographer. And I was like, oh, well, I mean, yeah, because I make up my own dances anyway, right? So it started off there. You know, I started doing that, and then I just got this passion. But I never saw it outside of just school because I was always told, you know, like, from my mom, either be a doctor, a firefighter, yeah, like a you nurse. You have to go to school. You have to go get to a, school and do this. Get a degree. Get a degree. Exactly. Yeah, like you can't do something like say like art wise. No, for not at all. Career. Mm -mm, of course not. Yeah. And then my mom being Jehovah Witness, you know, when it came to me dancing and all Jehovah, that. Oh. My mother's Jehovah Witness, which is crazy because my father is like more Muslim Christian, so it was weird growing up with those two aspects and me deciding to pick like Buddhism, which is currently what I practice. Um, it was like totally like off the wall. It was just like, okay, anyways, you know, and then it was hard to come up with conversations to talk about spirituality even versus religion because it always boiled down to a Jesus Christ or an Allah. Huh. So like you kind of just weren't able to, growing up, you weren't able to like kind of figure Express out what, what it was or even figure out. Yeah. I came into Buddhism and that's when I was around 17, 18, when I was like by myself. What made you kind of want to stray away from your family's religious beliefs? Um, it felt limiting. Mm -hmm. 
like I said, I'm a native, so I ran into all types of people. I ran into a lot of people from like France, from Russia, and I, all my friends were like, I mean, we were literally just in our little circle, a melting pot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was so diverse, and that's why it's difficult to have come to like the start of my dance career professionally and automatically be told, "Hey, you're hip hop." I was like, "Oh." You felt like you were like put in a box again. Exactly. Again. Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up Mormon, surprisingly. No way. Yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> I did. I was brought up Mormon. And it kind of just, like, I was young and I just didn't really, none of it made sense. I just kind of went with the flow. Went with the flow. I was like, I, I guess this is what God is. This no, is I like feel that. what I have to believe. So can't really argue right. or fight it. Because we don't want to go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to get burnt. <laughs> yeah. like, and know, honestly, really. like, if, if I want to believe that, like, Mormon God, I'm fucked. I'm right. dead. I'm honestly I'm <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah. Definitely, that's that's so true. Um. So you decided to kind of follow your passion with dance, though. I decided to follow my passion. I had no goal in mind. Um, You're just doing what you love. I just went with the flow. Besides, like going against your what your mother what I was taught to believe is the right path for mm-hmm. me. And how'd that end up working out for you? Going against it. it was crazy, okay? So, um, at the time, my parents lived on the um, outskirts of Los Angeles. Okay. And uh, to me, that was just too far because my dream of dancing in the entertainment industry was here in Hollywood, right? So, um, I decided to stay with my uncle. Rest in peace. (laughs) Uh, He became my constant. Uh, So, I... He was... He was... He knew L.A.'s entertainment industry like nobody else. And I was so fascinated. He knew all the, the special spots. He knew the clubs. He knew where to function. And he always used to tell me, Ken, if you're really a dancer, I'll see you on TV. That was <laughs> what he always used to say. He was, was like a little mentor. Yeah. I was like, Uncle, I'm a dancer. Mm-hmm. And he was like, boy, you ain't no dancer unless I see you on TV. And that was my motivation. Uh. I was like, oh, okay. Instead of him telling me, like, no, you can't do that because of some religious aspect or reason... I saw that as motivation. Oh, so you don't think I'm a dancer and talk on TV, right? Okay, let me do this then, you know? Yeah. So I found out, so you think you dance was auditioning, and I did it. And, you know, um, after he told me hip-hop, and I passed that part, he told me contemporary, and I was, like, barely touching the surface of contemporary. I was more jazz hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Um, I did it, and he picked me. And the crazy thing was, he's like, okay, you're going to Vegas. So now I'm going to do this televised audition in Vegas. And I'm like, holy crap, holy crap. I couldn't even call my mom. And I wanted to because I'm a huge mommy's boy. But I Why told, couldn't you call your mom? Because she, was, she didn't. She, she was one foot in, one foot out. No lie. Before. Like so with he, like believing in you? Yeah. It was like the foot in was because I'm her kid. Yeah. The foot out was like, come on out. Mm. You know what I mean? So it was like. Before even the So You Think You Can Dance auditioned, uh, when I was 17, I was in 12th grade, and um, I auditioned for Beyonce's 07 tour, right? Okay. Uh, I, was, well, I was at home. I watched uh, BET, and I saw her come on 106 in Park, and she was like, so I'm looking for dancers, and we're going to start off looking in Los Angeles. And then I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I didn't think anything of it. My mom is the actual one. She goes against the grain sometimes, even though she's Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> she is very, she's a Scorpio. She's very, like, precise on what she does. You know what I mean? There's always, like, this, like, reason. 
She told me about it when I got home from school. Like, hey, you know, Beyonce's going to audition. She said it kind of nonchalant. You know, Beyonce's auditioning for her seven <laughs> tour. I said, really? She goes, yeah. Because she knew I was like, even though I was told this, she knew I was going to do what the hell I wanted to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I was going to do what the fuck I wanted to, period. So she told me about this. And I was like, really? She took me to the audition. Um, I auditioned. It was about 140 people. Um, they boiled it down to about 10 people. Of yeah. course, I was a part of the 10 people. <laughs> Holler. What? Mind you, this is actually before I even stepped into the whole So You Think You Dance and everything, right? Yeah. So I did it or whatever. And they looked at me and said, okay, we want you to uh, come back to tomorrow's audition. So I came back All to right. tomorrow's audition. And now it's 40 people that was picked. Right. And I'm like, holy crap. So I did it. I did it. I did it. Boom, I got picked. Boom. I got picked. So, so you're I was Beyonce's like, dancer. Dude, I got picked. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm finna do this shit. Mom, we finna be Mama make you proud, mama. You know what I mean? That was like one of them. What dinner. was your mom's reaction? My mom's reaction, the first time I auditioned, I was so fucking scared, dude. I was like shitting bricks. And mm-hmm. then I ended up telling her in the middle of the audition, like, Mom, I don't think I could do this. Uh, I was so full of nerve, you know what I mean? All my nerves were like shot, dude. They were everywhere. And she said, um, this is what you wanted to do. Like, this is what you, why you're here. And my older sister um, was there too. And she looked at me. I was like, what do I do? What do I do? Mind you, this is why they were like individually doing the freestyle sessions for each dancer mm-hmm. that was auditioning. I looked at my older sister. I'm like, what do I do? She said, dude, because my nickname is Boo Boo. <laughs> I never tell people that. <laughs> what was it, Boo Boo? Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> When I was younger, I had this, like, stomach problem. <laughs> stomach issues. Yeah, so, like, from kindergarten to fourth grade, like, I think I was lactose and I didn't really know it. But I mm. love cereal, right? Um, yeah. There's a couple times in school I, like, shit myself. Like, yeah, like I had some pants? asshole teacher. Yeah, I was like, teacher, can I, can I go pee? And she was like, no. And I was like, ma'am, that I have whole, to pee. The whole, like, teacher, like, not letting me use the bathroom. I hate that. It's a thing. It is a thing. Like, there's it's memes a, about it. Dude, like, it's, it's a thing, right? And this was back when people used to hit, like, the teachers were allowed to hit you with rulers and stuff, like, on your finger, mm. on your hands. Like, bop, stop doing that. Right? Um, I shit myself there. And then, you know, as a baby growing up, I was the shitter. It was, like, crazy because I was potty trained at two, pissing. But mm-hmm. anytime I got scared or something, I was just shit. So, <laughs> I swear. I was, like, I was, like, a fly fool. Anywhere I landed, instead of throwing up, I was shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, it was crazy. Um Fast forward, my sister looks at me and goes, boo-boo, like, do what you do at home. Do what you do at school. You got this. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So I did it. Boom. And I got this, right? So I go for the second audition. Um, I get picked. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I was told last minute that because I was 17, I would need a chaperone. My mom has eight kids. She can't go anywhere. And on top of that, she worked. So, you, wait, you were 17 when you fucking made it? I was 17. That's I was the youngest. You I'm 33. What? I was the youngest dancer that Beyonce had at that time for her B-Day tour. Huh. And so it was crazy because it was very much like, okay, can you get a chaperone? And then it was like, well, I can't. And then my mom looked at me and said, Ken, they picked you. At the end of the day, whether if you go full on to the tour or not, you made it. You know you could dance. You didn't go on tour? I wasn't able to go because That's I did not crazy. have a chaperone. So part of me was like, maybe it was because she, you know what I mean? Or maybe because, because my mom is very smart. 
she knows about contracts. She knows about this. And she also knows my ability to want to gain creativity and control over everything that I produce as as an artist. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I think it was a little bit of that. Now that I'm more mature and I'm grown, I could see that, oh, maybe she was protecting me. But at the same time, I'm like... You could have my older brother. He was 18. You know for a fact. He could have came with me. Come on. Yeah. We would have been rich. Like, do you <laughs> see us? Mom, you've been driving that made back. You that feel you like wanted. she kind of like... Did... I think there was like a stigma about yeah. dancing and dancers. And, and that kind of like just it, kind of it was it just, yeah, fell and into then, your opportunities. Of course. If you look at today, dancers are way more accepted versus back then. It was like if you were a male dancer back then, you gay. You was a male dancer back then. You had to be feminine if you were a male dancer. And it was never that to me. This was my art, dude. I breathe, live, and sleep, and shit. Mm -hmm. uh, dance. You know what I mean? So it was weird that it, I didn't feel or fit into that stereotype. Yeah. So like I said, I like to break stereotypes. So I just did everything I, I wasn't it. supposed to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Were you ever exposed to... So there was like stigmas with being a male dancer, kind of, of like they assume you're kind of gay. Yeah. And on top of that, being black, right? Yeah. If you're black, you're supposed to be this masculine macho figure. If you're black, you're supposed to be basketball, football. If you're mm -hmm. black, you're supposed to have these like braids or nappy hair. That's oh. how it is. Yeah. Did you ever get introduced to like drugs in that industry? Well... Like, do, do you so, have, do you struggle with substance abuse? So I do. Um, and, um, the struggle is real. Yeah. Um, currently I have three and a half years sober. Fuck yeah. From crystal meth, amphetamines. That was my drug of choice. Mm -hmm. Um, it wasn't by choice until I fell into it. Did you ever stigmatize drugs before being introduced to it? Absolutely. How so? Oh God. To me, drugs had a look. If you were skinny, if you were ashy, if you were cracked out, if you didn't have hair, if you were ugly, if you were missing teeth, you were a drug addict. Yeah. Yeah. That was me. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. And that was you when you started using? That was me looking at users prior to okay. getting introduced to that lifestyle. Yeah. Which addiction is a lifestyle. It, it, it kind of is. It is. So There's a maintenance there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you got introduced to it, how in the industry? Like, how did you see it? Um, so, um, I graduated from the Annenberg School of Communications, USC, mm -hmm. um, as a publicist. Um, if anybody knows anything about the publicist, uh, in order for us to get contacts, we have to network. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, I would say back in 2012, I was signed up with an international press association, so they gave me press passes. And um, I was interning for this place called Bruce OPR in West Hollywood. And um, I didn't really know what I was doing, but he basically set me on the, at this desk with six other people and gave me a MacBook and said, hey, find me some clients. And I'm like, okay. So I'm all of 23, 24 maybe. Um and I go out and I'm looking. Within an hour, I found this huge co contact um, over at Philippe Child Restaurant in Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. And I let him know, like, hey, I have this owner of this restaurant, Danae Busby, who is seeking publicity, you know what I mean, uh, and marketing. And um, that was the biggest client he's ever gotten 
since he's been open, he's been open. He was open six years prior to me working there. Mm-hmm. And when we met up with the manager of Philippe Chow Restaurant, he pushed me and put me on the back burner and said, oh, he's just my intern. Hi, my name is Ben Brousseau. I own this. And she looked at me and she looked at him. She was a black girl. She looked at me and she looked at him. And she looked at me again. And then I, and, the, and I don't, like I said, I don't like stereotypes. Yeah. So instantly I just... I don't know what took over me, but I stepped back in front of him and I was like, hi, Danae, how are you? My name is Ken. Um, I do not intern for him. Um, I found you and I'm going to represent you. She said, okay, perfect. And he looked at me and he couldn't say anything because he wanted to keep everything professional, but professionalism sucks. Yeah. I'm so sorry. It does. You know, there's a certain stigma in the industry where you have to be professional yeah you have to be elite like you have to speak properly you have to use these terms no you don't yeah especially like as well as like in your life on your day-to-day life every day yeah like how do you expect me to always like just be professional and right not be politically correct yeah no i don't do that like where's my personality still in there exactly (laughs) exactly so instead of losing myself and being scared even though that was my first opportunity um i seized it Mm-hmm. And that was the best thing I ever did. And even to this day, I have that on my belt. I ran a successful, you know, event for Philippe Child Restaurant. And, I mean, it was a lot of people there. It was Nicki Minaj. It was Matt Kemp from the Dodgers. It was LL Cool J. It was Vivica A. Fox. And this was a successful event I had under my belt, right? So I started from that. And then after that, I started networking. I started networking. I started going to Hollywood Hills parties. I started going to red carpet events. And then I noticed one thing out of everything. This is prior to me even doing crystal math. Um, everybody was doing this powder. A certain powder, huh? It was just weird. Like, you would never think. Because remind you, my stigma on drug use was these low-life, broke, skinny, ashy. Yeah. It went against up, your no views. T- on I the- was just like whoa dude i look up to this being and they do this substance so when it came at you um when somebody would offer this to you you don't want to say no because you don't want to offend them yeah you don't want to seem like you're better than them yet you don't want it seem like you're a square so it was like an automatic thing you know um i was at this party in hollywood hills um and somebody offered me cocaine i had never done it before i didn't know anybody who did it yeah um and I did it right away. Didn't think twice. And when I did it, I thought to myself, like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. I'm a crackhead. Like, what the fuck did I just do? Like, this is fucking crazy. Yet, one hour later. You're going back? I'm going right back at it. Mm. And then I kept doing it. And then now I thought I was a big dog. Why? Because I was told that Coke was the rich man's drug. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It was the Hollywood drug. It was the thing to do. So mm-hmm. I started doing that, started going to award shows. Like I said, I started going to these parties, started getting all these clientele. And I thought that, okay, now I made it. I'm in it. That's it. Yeah, I made it. I made it. I'm doing drugs with so-and-so. Yeah. With this director, with this guy. You know, I'm at this mm-hmm. guy's mansion in Hollywood Hills. Like, I made it. Yeah. And you can't tell me nothing. What? I'm 24. I got, like, you know, this S550. I live on the adjacent to Beverly Hills in West Hollywood in my own condo. I'm doing good. You can't tell me nothing. And I'm not even finished school yet. Like, what do you mean? You know yeah. what I mean? That was, that was my mind state. Like, did the drugs make you feel like you're on top of the world? You wouldn't believe how powerful and connected I felt with everybody in the industry, which is what I not dreamed of. I think it's like all connected with substance use. With everything, yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. I felt like... Literally, I used to say, um, 
I run West Hollywood. I run LA. Like, this is what I do. And the thing is, you wouldn't put it, people wouldn't put it past me because of the groups I showed up in, because of the cars and the limos I pulled up into certain events, because of how connected I was. Mm -hmm. I knew these producers and directors who told me literally, dude, call me cousin. And everybody was all about energy, right? Everybody was all about laws of attraction. Mind you, I come from this weird, strict kind of like religious, spiritual, divided almost family. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are talking about laws of attraction and this and that's why I studied it. I studied laws of attraction. I studied basically you create your own reality. You know, you wasn't put forth in this earth to face it, but to create your own reality. And that's what I lived by, almost died by. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, literally went from Coke to somebody giving me the wrong bag. It was crystal meth and I did it and stayed up five days, liked it. Started doing it social. I was still working. I was still getting, I was dancing at the same time doing publicity for Hollywood Weekly Magazine. I was doing my shit. You know what I mean? When did it get to the point where you were like, fuck, I need to stop? Um, when I started to realize that I was doing it by myself and it wasn't social. I would do it in my car before work yeah. by myself. Then that went to being at home doing it by myself. Hmm. So it was like before, before like that being exposed to the industry and then the drugs there. You never really touched a drug beforehand. Never. Oh, we, so like marijuana. And I'm born and raised in LA. <laughs> yeah. On, that's just water to us. That's like less than smoking a cigarette. Like, mm -hmm. You just do that. I don't know. It's crazy. Like now our perspective on addicts have definitely changed. With my experience, yeah. I, me, addict? Fuck no. I mean, you have to realize like I hold stigmas. I, I. Yeah. What's, what, I actually wanted to ask you, what do you stigmatize today? Okay. Like, is there something you stigmatize? Because we all do it, really. Uh, I mean, of course. Like, even when it comes down to when people are so shocked that somebody's open about being racist, I sit back to myself and I go, like, I'm, I'm racist. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am. How? And it's like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm, it's not like, you know, I think I'm more superior or I don't like you or ill. But, I notice certain things about a certain race that is just true. <laughs> That's it, right? So I can't get mad that somebody stereotypes me as well. I've mm. always had this stigmatic view on, 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 on race and, and and gender as well. You know how gender? Oh, easily. Um, like for instance, today in 2022, right? People are pushing more. Uh, how do you say female empowerment mm -hmm. right and 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 gender fluidity uh more than ever yeah definitely yeah if you think about life there has to be a balance let let men start doing that about men and pushing masculinity what is the first thing people are going to say of today toxic masculinity oh you're being toxic it's like dude there has to be a balance, oh, yeah. you know, and it's weird. So it's like, saying. yes, femininity and male are accepted more so right today. Yeah, more at so. At the same time, though. Like masculinity is looked at like as a bad as thing. As a bad thing. And it's mm. like, you know, if, if, if and, I, and I'm all for, in my unmisogynistic way, equality, right? But let the facts be said. If a female hit a male... And nobody jumps in to help the female because the man realizes inequality. You hit me, you're going to get hit back just like you hit me. That he can whoop her maybe, or perhaps it could be vice versa. However, 
nine times out of ten, this is my stigma. Nine times out of ten, you put a female, and we're not talking professionals and all that, because put Ronda Rousey against me, I'm dead. <laughs> She's gonna beat the shit out of me, yeah. <laughs> right? Um, but if you put a female next to me and a female try to fight me, like I come from a lot of females in my family, I don't hit girls. But you're not gonna beat me up. I see. So what, I let us not be so focused on equality versus equal rights. It's a total different thing. People push equal. Let's have equal rights. Yeah. So you're saying basically, it's like 100% like fuck no wrong that a man like hits a woman. Oh, I. Ha- I but I, and, but the minute a woman hits a man, it's like you know you should let him. Like you should let that's that happen. Where, I'm starting to see that. I'm starting to see that. Yeah. I'm starting to see that because you have to. Like I see relationships, male and female. Correct. Uh, the female thinks because she's mad and she's a girl, she could slap her husband. Mm-hmm. But if he gets mad and he's a guy and he slap you, he goes to jail. Yeah. It's spousal abuse. It's domestic violence. That doesn't make sense to me. There has to be a balance here, right? Let's just not hit each other. Let's just not hit each other. <laughs> let's just not hit each let's, other. Let's normalize talking about our feelings. Let's normalize bringing awareness of, hey, this is the way I feel. Yeah. You know? Um, it's weird because right now I have more female best friends than I have male best friends. Yet, I'm very much about... Okay, I'm going to say it. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm basically about, like, men. Hoorah. Because I'm a man. Yeah. It only makes sense to me. Right? My sexual desires is not what I put up above me. You mean your sexuality? And desires. Like, for instance, if I, like... Can I say this word? Because I just want to be me, please. Yeah, <laughs> okay. of course. Um. If I want to go after pussy, yeah, all right, and to me, pussy is the prize. Pussy is the pedestal, right? Um, anything that tries to attack my pussy, right, I'm going to defend it to the max. That's, to me, putting your desires above everything, right? Vice versa. If I like penis or ass, right, mm-hmm. and somebody tries to come for my ass or disrespects my ass, uh... I'm going to fight to the death of it for it. I don't do that. I don't like that. I don't. Because to me, I think... Like possessiveness is what yes, you're saying? Yes, exactly. And kind of just like... It's kind of like, okay, so... Um, I was watching this movie, and these guys were best friends, mm-hmm. right? And the female slept around with the best friend. And the man kills the best friend for his girlfriend sleeping around with him. I see that type of nature, not so far as to killing, but I see that type of nature everywhere I go. Like you can't, you can't look at him, you can't you, talk to him. You yeah. Can't, why is this? Why is there a guy's name in your phone? Thank you. You that... can't have a best friend that's a man. Why? 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 Well, because I like you, and the sexual parts that I like about you, he is going to be able to like because he likes females too. Yeah. So no. There's a really. Weird... I hate that. That is like that. That's that shit that like I like to go against. Is there a word for that? Like I, I, I almost. It's like you have to explain it so intricately yeah. to understand what we're like. There should be a word I, for this. I, I almost, <laughs> I almost want to just call it like, like um. I'm gonna say like this. Like I don't know. I just feel like it's kind of like 
it's 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 sexually driven number one right it is it's like it's, almost like you want to own somebody a exactly bit. like your possession a whole being and yeah. the thing is the the fucked up part is i don't want to own this being for what they have from the shoulders up but from the shoulders down yeah that's what it is if you look at the middle eastern people right you, the man can marry seven wives right and she has to stay dressed and covered right there was this little you know scene on tiktok where this black with these black girls went to dubai and they were just in a bikini on the beach and people were throwing rocks at them people were saying you know fuck you people were saying you fucking stupid black person and all the shit and she posted like why are they doing this Yes, every area has their own customs and stuff. And it's like, okay, if their females have to dress up, you should too, right? But you should also look at, you know, both sides of the track. Like, you know they're visitors. You know they're here. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they don't know. You know we do this in L.A. You know we do this in, in the States. Mm-hmm. So, like, why allow that to happen to them? Same thing if you go to the airport in America and you see these people dressed up. Oh, you're and like, fuck, whole, dude. Thank you. We finna get blown up. <laughs> That's it. That's not, that's not I ain't funny. Fin- it's not. We fin- We can't go on this train. Why? Because yeah. at any point, he could just yell a lot and boom. Yeah. So the thing is, like, it's it's unfortunately going to be a thing. Stigmatic situations. Stigma. Um, um, race. Racial. Uh, you know, like. Situations. Yeah. Uh, because. I don't. I don't it's going to. It's hard. We just have to learn how to be be ourselves regardless of the stigma society places on us. You know, I there's a song, right? Um, I'm all about music. I make music as well. Um, mm-hmm. I do have a song about my recovery out on all platforms. Get arrows. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's called Exhausted. Um, and it was the most beautiful song. It stuck with me since I was 15. And that's, the, that's funny because like it's the thought that I took with me. When I came to Hollywood, Hollywood, right, um, from the lower part of, of L.A. And it said, on the road to the riches, don't forget to stop and take pictures. Pay attention to each detail, then you'll tie it along the way. Be aware of the winding roads and know just as long as you take control, you'll be fine. And then you'll find you're already there. Hmm. It sticks with me so tough because on the road to the riches... Like, you get lost, and everything pops up out of the woodworks trying to offer you this because you look like young, fresh meat, or mm-hmm. trying to offer you this because they didn't have that chance, and they see you can possibly have that chance, and jealousy arises, right? And um, I think that's what happened with me, because I went to my dealer that always gave me the Coke, and one day he gave me crystal meth, and I fell into this deep thing, you know? Um, I fell into Satanism. Oh yeah! I started I, worshiping Satan. And what I, happened to that? You know, it's great to look at both sides of the track. I th- I think so too. There is no one person that is just good and always has been good. Mm-hmm. The way you become good is because you know evil, and the way you become evil is because you experience good. So to me, there's always going to be a balance. There's always going to be polarity. There's always going to be opposition. Mm-hmm. Um, you're wrong if you lean on one side more than the other, to me. Yeah, it's definitely about being in the gray. Well, it's, it's, it's how, about seeing the other perspective, exactly. the other side. How can I be the Christian, right, that runs around saying, everything I'm doing is good, yet I'm so invasive, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm on everybody's corner bothering me. I'm here to visit and you're in my ear saying, get Jesus or you're going to hell. You're threatening me. You're invading my space because of what something you think is good. Mm-hmm. And it's like my intentions are all good, but it's not good. Yeah. You can only be good if you know how to balance. We push our beliefs on everyone. On everything. Yes, everything, mm-hmm. everywhere. Everywhere. Um, and it's like, because we want to believe that we're the right ones all the time. Of course. Yeah. And then something that works for me sh- will and, work for you. Yeah, and the cool. conflict comes with like peop- ev- the other side wanting to be right. There's a decision that mm-hmm. needs to be made. And people think the decision should be either left or right. There is middle ground. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think life should always go like this. That's it. <laughs> That's it. It's like, I'm a dancer, so I speak with my movements, right? Yeah. But this is life. And I think as long as you can keep it consistently there, then everything you need will, 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 will come to you. I can't just be like this or like this. Mm-hmm. It creates this like X factor that's like, it puts you on a spot. It puts you, okay, so now that you're so strong and steadfast in this, what does this mean? Okay. And I love, especially in, in, in college, dude, I used to love challenging my professors. I used to love to, anybody who thought something, debating you was You just my, wanted to challenge Oh, you. yeah, because the thing is, my thing was this. If you cannot present to me truth, that without falsehood, I, and it, it's inarguable. Yeah. Right? Truth is inarguable. So if I can argue with it, then unfortunately, it's like you're not right. You know, that's an opinion. Yeah. So that's why I was always into like breaking stereotypes and all that. But yeah, I mean, I have three and a half years sober now. You know, well, went from fucking school to red carpets to private parties to traveling to. You know, showing up to events and 25 passenger limos and, 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 you know, producers houses and doing coke with them and, you know, being put in strange situations to having my own LLC, you know, and like figuring out where I want to be. Yeah. And knowing that. It's all about figuring you out and what do you want? about self. And people get mad when you know yourself because they don't know themselves. People do not like that. I used that. to envy people who actually like seem you know confident and knew I themselves. I always thought and carried myself like I knew me. It brought me the best and the worst people. Really? Of course. Because everybody that was older than me. I hung out with everybody that's older than me. And they hated the fact that, dude, you're young and you think you, know, you got it together. You know what? Like a lot of people... I feel like I experience age discrimination. You do. I definitely do. You definitely do. Because I hang out with... Like where I am and like what I do today, I am around older people. I almost never really talk to anybody around like my age. No. Being 19. No. And it's just say somebody wanted to depend on me for like a certain responsibility or even like be interested in like maybe dating me. Right. They're like, oh, you're too young. I'm sorry. Oh, I hate that. Well, age (laughs) age is definitely a stigma. It's a thing. It is a thing. It's a thing. There's definitely, I mean, there's also a limit to like, you know, before 18 and all of that weird shit. But Dude, I had this sugar mama, I won't name, in Hollywood Hills, who was married to a Middle Eastern guy. She provided my Coke. She mm-hmm. gave me my first Mercedes and all the things. Uh, we didn't have sex, but she, her thing was, I was 23. Her thing, and she was 32. Her thing was... You would be so perfect. We do that. And she would feed me all these dreams. We would do this. We could do that together and all this. But she kept telling me, but you're so young. Maybe, <sighs> in, maybe in 10 years. That's what she kept telling me. Maybe in 10 years. It's 10 years later. You don't think I hit her up? 
<laughs> you don't think I interrupt? <laughs> Shit, I got my new business. Now I got some things to approach. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, of course, she's still married. And I'm not a homewrecker or anything. But at the end of the day, <laughs> I was young and it offered exactly what I wanted and needed at that time to keep me sustaining this lifestyle I thought that I was good at or I was avid at. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about it, though. Is it like just... You haven't been on Earth for longer. Like I don't get it. I experience. Just don't. I, I, I will never get can, it. A lot of people can be young and experience a whole fuck ton of shit. You know who I look up to nowadays? Who? My best friend right now is twenty. Uh huh. Aaron, shout out to Aaron. Hey, hey. <laughs> my best friend is twenty. I'm thirty three. Yeah. The reason why we're best friends because he has a mind, not only like I've had growing up, but the fact that there is these paths paved that I paved. And hanging around him, I see him going on those paths because it's so easy to get there. Mm-hmm. And I'm able to say, hey, on the road to the riches, don't forget to stop and take pictures. Pay attention to each detail. And the fact that he listens, that is what you will not get from somebody older that's stuck in their ways. They don't listen. Mm-hmm. So it's good to have a breath of fresh air like you, right? You listen. Yeah, and then you I'm take so receptive you, to you, Oh, God, it's so good. Yeah. That's the prized possession now. And that's currency. That currency will never be denied. It won't. It won't. Because you take heat and you you listen and you figure out, you also have your own opinion about things. It's not like we can lead you astray and say, hey, don't do this, do that. But once you do it, you see how easy it is, right? So I almost feel like I'm living vicariously through Aaron because I'm like writing my wrongs almost. Ah. And it's good, right? And it's so good. And I'm, I'm proud to say that that's my best friend, you know, him and his girlfriend. <laughs> Those are my best friends. And I don't care what nobody say. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's good to have that around me. I look up to the youth because people keep forgetting that the youth are our future. These are the people that's going to work in our convalescent homes. These are the people that's going to be our doctors. These are people that's going to be, you know, what it is. And if mm-hmm. we selfishly hold back our information, like in Buddhism, it states that like when you give somebody information, you give it to them 100%, not just what you think they should know. Yes. Oh my gosh. That is so true. Um, like we, instead of like older people who are a little older, like just teaching the young, for, like from their personal what they experience, think they should, yeah. they're just like, go fend for yourselves. Yep. Go fend for yourselves. Learn it like yep. how I did. Like yep. no, let's move. Let's progress let's a little bit. Let's right. teach. That's how I've stayed sober fourteen months. I'm learning from other people because exactly. I'm hearing their yep. experience. Yep, like it's insane. That's wisdom right there. Yeah, the fact that you don't have to go through the experience to gain the knowledge yeah. is called wisdom. Wisdom when you can just listen to the knowledge from those experienced and 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 and, and stay on a straight, steady path of success and of doing good. You know, and of avoiding the bullshit. That's when you're able to like get and gain so fast and so consistently. So it's so good what you're doing. It's so good that you are 19. You ready? You know what I mean? I have here to take on the world. Fuck, fuck, the fuck the stigma. Fuck the stigma. Thank you so much for coming on of here course, thank for, you for me today, me. Ken. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Everything you shared. Thank you for getting real. And for, you know, I really think you're living against the stigma every day. You no, know, fuck the stigma is a real thing. You know, FTS. FTS. Hashtag FTS. FTS. Hashtag, hashtag F the FTS. stigma. Hashtag F the stigma. Fuck the stigma. Thank you. Follow us. Thank you for watching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Ken. Of course. Oh, my goodness.